Nisan. Amr Ravasi, Amr Rebechanan. Ravasi says, in the name of Rebechanan, Leishanu Ela She'ein Nitzan Nikr. This is only true when um, when uh, you, you can't, it's not Nikr, it's not recognizable, the things that started to grow. Avon Nitzan Nikr, Yaitzin Aleyem. But once things start to become recognizable in their growth, then we go out for them as soon as possible. Bottom line, what do you see from here? Why were the Shluche Bezdin going out on Pesach? Specifically for those crops that were starting to sprout on Pesach. But in Echanami, the, the crops that were starting to sprout earlier, they would be sent out earlier for those crops as well. Okay. Ask the Gemara. Why specifically on Cholomite? Yeah, send out a week earlier, a week later. Omar Rabbi Yaakov, Omar Rabbi Yechon, Rabbi Yechon, Rabbi Yechon, Rabbi Yechon, Rabbi Yechon, Zchar Pu'uva Did Moisli Gavon. Listen to this, such an important message of the Gemara. Says Rabbi Yaakov, quoting Rabbi Yechon, the reason why the community would send out people on Cholomite is because it was cheap labor on Cholomite. It was cheap labor on Cholomite. And since communal, because people weren't really working on Cholomite, unless there's a mitzvah to do or for a side of rab, there's no work. But people don't have work to do, there's supply and demand. There's a lot of supply, low demand. And they would they would be paid less. And here we're dealing with communal funds. Amar of Zvid, Yitim Reb Meshashi, Reb Zvid, some say it was Meshashi, you learn from here, Ki Avinam the Husachar, that when we would pay, when we would pay the Yishluchim, Yitrumas Hamishka, Yavinam the we would pay them from the Trumas Hadishka, from the treasury of the Beis HaMikdash. They were from communal funds. Because if you're going to say that, um, that, that you know who paid them, through fines that were collected for those who drew client, what do they care? Whatever, they, whatever people uh, uh, ask to be paid, we are going to give them. And there's no, therefore, there's no reason to hire them on Cholomite in the first place. By Stice, it must be that they're paid with communal funds. And since they're paid with communal funds, Memela, we, we send them out when it is the cheapest time. Okay? Va'ad kam. And um, until what point of the growth... Do we have, is it considered Klayim that you're Bechuyev to pull out of the ground? Amr Shmuel Bar Yitzchak, Shmuel Bar Yitzchak says, It's like this that we learned. Call Sa'a, any area of a field of a Sa'a, Sheyish Ba, that has in it, we now turn to the top of Omud Beis, Reveya Zera Mimen Acher, a quarter of seed from a different, uh, a, a, a different type of grain mixed into it. But we want to know at what point is there is there a transgression of kalayim. So the halacha is you might you need to get rid of it. If it's less than a quarter kav, it's not going to be considered. Uh, it's not going to be considered kalayim. Okay. All right, here we go. Says the gemara. Vilhatanya. But he learned in a brisa. Chazal were masake, and they decreed that that um, when people grow klayim, and the, these messengers of Bezdin come along, so if there actually is klayim growing, the messengers would make the entire field hefker. 
they would they would say that all the crop in this field must be gotten rid of. So says the Gemara, they're not here. These inspectors are not here to fix up and get rid of just the client. They're actually here to get rid of the whole field. Says the Gemara, like Kasha, kan kan It depends. Apparently there was a process of how ultimately the takana was made. The Tanya, how do you know this? Because we learned in a brisa, and we're going to learn a, a big lesson on how to uh, give people consequences over here. Originally, originally the shluchei bezdin would go out and they would pull out the kliyim and feed it to the animals of these owners. So listen to what happened. It's fascinating. So they would pull out the kliyim. And send the client to the end. They would say to the owners, you can't eat it. You have to give it to your animals. And the Balabatim would be thrilled. They said, oh, look what's happening. It's free work for us. We don't even need to pluck the stuff out of the ground. And first of all, the weeds are, you know, are being pulled out of our field. And our animals are being fed. Mama's, you know, it's, it's not really the biggest deal over here. It's actually helping us a little bit. You know, they have a joke. This guy's, uh, the, you know, when uh, in, in Russia, when the KGB uh, were in charge, so yeah, there, were, there were two Yidin, and one Yid writes another letter to, a, to another Yid that um, there's, uh, you know, there's contraband that's hidden. Under in the in his garden, and if he ever wants it, he should come get it. And the next day, the KGB shows up at the letter writer's door, and they tear up his whole garden looking for this contraband, and they find nothing. They can't find anything. Okay, they leave. Um, the next day, the other one writes a letter. He says, "Okay, so now." I, I, I hope uh, your your garden was plowed for free. Now it's my turn. Yeah, you got something hidden underneath the trees. I need firewood, right? And hoping somebody else is gonna come. Sometimes somebody else they come in, they uproot your field, they take care of your field. You're fine with it, Baruch Hashem. You didn't mean a taiva. So first we thought that we were giving a consequence to the owners of the field, and they would just turn it into like, yeah, big deal. It, this really doesn't bother us. So. That the inspectors should go ahead and, and pull out the klayim and throw it onto the roads. And they were still fine with it. Because the weeds were still being pulled out. And therefore, that's when they went ahead and made a decree that if you ever have klayim in your field, we are going to declare the entire field as Hefker. See you later. You're not going to gain anything from this growth. And that's, um, and that's how ultimately it allowed, um, it, it allowed, uh, I'm sorry, it prevented people from initially growing their client. Okay. Says the next Mishnah. You're allowed to to uh, block off water and move it from tree to tree. If you have enough water around one tree, another tree needs the water, you're allowed to create a path for the second to, to move the water to the second tree. As long as you don't end up watering 
of the entire field. If you have things that are planted and they did not have proper water before Yom Tif, I'll let water them at all. Come say it's mutter uh, in either situation. Amr Rabbi Yudah says, says the Gemara, if let's say you know you didn't water the field before Yom Tif, but the field itself has, is naturally wet, so it doesn't really you didn't really need to water it before Yom Tif, then you're allowed to water it now. Here's the svara going on over here. Here's the logic. This kind of, you know, we're familiar with this, with the laws of taking a haircut and shaving on uh, on Bayit. Why don't we do that? What's the problem? Because the Chachamim were concerned that if we're going to allow that to be done on Cholabayit, people are not going to prepare properly for Yom Tif itself, and they're not going to show the Yom Tif proper cover. So too over here, similarly, if you have a field that needs to be watered, why are you waiting for Cholamayit to water? What are you doing? Now, so, says the Gemara, listen, if it didn't need to be watered at all, the Seder, okay, so now you can add the water. You're, you know, you didn't need uh, any sort of, uh, you know, it's, it's not like you weren't, uh, you're disrespecting Yomtiv, so to speak. similarly. This that we say, it's also to water these fields on Cholamayit. There's only fields that were not meant to be watered before Yom Tif. But for things that needed to be watered before Yom Tif, and also, if the, if the, the earth was already wet, then you're also permitted to... Uh, it's also permitted to water. You see, there's an afkamina between a field which was watered and not watered. But, however, I'm sorry, not the The ain mashkin stay guarded by You're not allowed to water a dry field on Cholabayid. Rabbanim are lenient in either case. Now, Chum say, listen, whether a field, the soil is wet, whether you have a field where the soil is dry, you are permitted um, you are permitted to water it on Yom Tif. Amar Ravina, Ravina says, Shmamina, you learn now from this Machoikes, Hai Tarvitsa, Shari the Tarvutse, Bechayla Demayana. When you have a, a um, garden that grows vegetables, you're allowed to put water on it on Cholamayit. Sedei Garir, Garid my time. And I'll tell you why I learned from this conversation that a uh, you know a garden where you grow your vegetables you're allowed to you know, you're allowed to water it because when it comes to a dry field why do we have a machlekes about whether you're allowed to water it that that uh, that the and the chum are still going to allow it the aflo will say because the water that comes your way will take things all, all you're doing is you're going to take things that would have grown a little later. And it's allowing it to grow a little earlier. You're not, you're not protecting yourself from any loss when you're watering these things. You're just allowing them to grow faster. So Hanami, so too by the by growing your vegetables in your garden, Afla Mashvile Kharfa will say, listen, you're not doing much. Uh, all you're doing is allowing it to grow a little earlier. It's not really a malacha here, and therefore. It should be allowed. Again, this is only according to the opinion of the Rabbana, the Valdir.
Okay. New price. Tana Rabban the Rabbis are so sure. Marbitzin Sade Lavan Bishvis. You're allowed to be marbits. You're allowed to light uh, uh you're allowed to water light like lightly water a Sade Lavan, a a field that grows grain, Bishvis. During Shemitah, have a live delight. Now let him water a field that grows grain on Cholamite. I bought, uh, says the Gemara, I bought Tanya, but we learned in a brisa, our pizza, and you are allowed to lightly water a grain field, even on Cholamite, it's allowed. Ravuna Laikasha, Rabbi Lezben Yaakov, Rabbana. Same machoik as we just said between Rabbi Lezben Yaakov and the Rabbana. Okay, answer is. Not a contradiction, rather, machlaikas. Fine. Tanya Hidach. We learned in another brisa. Marbitin Sede love on Erev Shvitz. You're also allowed to lightly water a field on Erev Shemitah, before Shemitah. Kedesha Yetzi Rakas Beshvitz. If you want, because you want things to grow, they're on Shemitah itself. And not only is it permitted to water the field before Shemitah, you're even allowed to water a grain field on Shemitah itself. If you want things to grow during the eighth year, meaning as long as you're as long as you're not doing something on Shemitah for Shemitah, according to this brisa, it is going to be allowed. Period, and that leads us to the next Mishnah. Let's go. Says the Mishnah. Okay, You're, we're going to get into now some halachas on chalamayid, which we're moving away from fields, and we're moving on to other uh, other types of labor of the 39 halachas. So, you're allowed to be tzayid, you're allowed to trap an ishos um, and, a, and a mouse and mice. Misteha ilan and you're allowed to trap them, not anywhere you want, but you're allowed to trap them either um, when they're coming from a from a stay halavan, a field of trees, or from a stay halavan, a field of grains, kedarkai. And you're allowed to do it in the usual way. And you can do this during halamayid and during shmitah. However, the chachamim say, now what's unique about mice and ishus, which we're going to explain, we got to get them off the fields because otherwise, um, otherwise your uh, oranges are going to have mouse holes in them, and they're not going to sell. So gonna, it's going to be ruining your stuff. If it's a steya elon, if it's a field of trees, then you're allowed to trap in the usual way. They're terrible for the field. You just do what you got to do. However, if you're going to be trapping. These creatures from a field of grain, then Shalai you're not allowed to do it in the usual manner, but you're allowed to do it in an unusual manner. My Ishus says, first of all, what type of animal is an Ishus? Amar of Yehuda. Rav Yehuda says it's Bria She'ein La'enayim. It's some sort of creation that does not have eyes. So it's like a mouse in that it ruins crops, it ruins fruits, gets in the way. However, we don't know exactly what an ishos is, other than it doesn't have eyes. My Where do you get a source from this, telling me 
uh, you know, you may not be sure exactly what a ishos is, other than it can't see. Where do you see such a thing? Kamei says, uh, where, where do you find the Pesach that shows such a thing? Kamei Shavuul Temes, like a, uh, I, uh, there's actually, Shemesh. This is a snail that gets away from you, so you're, you're kind of slow, right? This guy comes home late for dinner. His wife had asked him to pick up some snails. And he comes home late because he got distracted. He's home three hours late for dinner. So what does he do? He's walking into the apartment. He drops the snails out of the bag. He opens the door. And his wife starts screaming, it's been three hours, where are you? He looks down at the floor. He's like, speed up, you slow pokes. Yeah? yeah I, don't know, I don't know how the snail's getting away from you. Yeah, how you pull this up. But you have a snail. It gets away from you. And... It's like nafel, something that falls, ashes, bal, ashes now is the same word as ishos in our Mishnah, bal chazu that never saw shemesh the sun. So you see from here that, that a ashes or ishos of our Mishnah is something that can't see. Okay, we're not sure exactly what type of animal it is, but it can't see. Tanra of the rabbis learned, and that's why they're rabbis. Sadanasa ishos, vesakvar, mistei alavad, mistei ilam kedarkai. You let it trap this eyeless creature and mice from a grain field and from a field of trees. You're also allowed to get rid of, of uh, ant holes. How do you do that? Again, where are we dealing with? Where otherwise this malach would be forbidden. So how do you do it? Rabbi Shmuel says, maybe offer me chorzev and ice in the chorzev. You bring dirt from one ant hole and you put it into the other, and then they get into a fight. They get into, these ants get into uh, a civil war when you when you put their earth together, and that's how ultimately you just, you, you, you destroy uh, two ant holes with one stone. Okay. Omar of Yimar Barshlamiya Mishmeid says, By the way, this only works. Betray every dinara. This is only true if the two original antholes were on opposite sides of the river. Yeah? So, as they say, uh, for people in New York, there's a world on the other side of the Hudson. Right? So, uh, these antholes are on the opposite sides of the river. And there's no Gesha, there's no bridge. Nor is there any, uh, any, uh, anything to step on to walk. And there's also no rope. Okay, so there's a complete separation between the two. There's no, um, there's, uh, you know, there's no way for these ants to get to, to have uh, made any shaduchim or have gotten to know each other, and therefore they're going to get into a uh, into a civil war. Says the Gemara, last step, top of the daf, top of tomorrow's daf, ad kama, um, and how how far are these antholes of, uh, you know. Uh, to be considered separate, uh, to be considered uh, too, um, or too, yeah, too close to uh, for comfort. Answers the Gemara ad parsa. It is until a parsa. Meaning, if you have less than a parsa in between them, then e- even if there is a river and there's no way and there's no way to cross, then they you know they can still get mad at each other. But if it's within this limit, then you need to make sure there is a complete separation. We're now at the two dots on the top of Zion of Aleph, and we'll hold it here for this evening.